Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And my very special guest today is Matt Miller from Embroker. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me, Scott. So Embroker is a big cruise consulting partner. One of the things we, we do for our clients is set them up with insurance. And guess who we call when our startups need insurance? We call Matt. Do you want to take a quick second and tell us kind of how you had the crazy idea for Embroker and why it's working so well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my path to founding the company, a little bit different, I guess, than uh, many entrepreneurial stories. But uh, I was actually an investor before founding the company. I spent uh, six years in private equity with uh, Bain Capital and then Hellman and Friedman. I didn't know that. No yeah. Way. So it was, uh, I was actually on the board of a large insurance broker before I invested in the company. That's uh, amazing. So you like saw how everything worked and you're like, hmm. Yeah, I saw how it worked at a board level, which I realize now is a little bit different than how it actually works. <laughs> but I, I knew enough to be dangerous, I suppose. And it was actually when a friend of mine reached out and wanted to buy insurance for his company. And uh, I was on the board of you know, one of the largest insurance brokers in the world. And so I figured that it wouldn't be a challenge. And I tried to get the process started and found that it was kind of a disaster. And I thought there's got to be an easier way to do this. And there was never, it was like a super broker centric world, right? Like you had to know everyone, like kind of the, a lot of the old school founders who are like on their third company. When I first have this kind of conversation about insurance with them, they'll be like, do you know a good broker? Who's your broker? Cause there's like this one person in the world who's going to know more than everybody else. It turns out our, like, just like everything, payroll benefits, all this stuff. We prefer self-service. We prefer using the web and we prefer doing as much as possible kind of through forms and automation as possible. And that's Vanessa met your team, and that's why we started using you guys. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I think somebody mentioned to me that there's a good heuristic for whether you should start a business in an industry. And if it, it's an industry where somebody says, I have a guy, like as his solution to a problem, <laughs> that it's probably a pretty good role for technology. But, you know, I think that being said, we, we do obviously provide a lot of technology and, and self-service and automation, but we also do have, you know, people and experts and advice that help people when they need it. But we try to uh, apply, you know, that type of expertise when it's necessary, not to fill out paperwork. Yeah. So tell me, maybe paint the picture for the audience. Like, we go to the Mbroker site. You guys, by the way, have some great infographics and great marketing material that we actually, people don't know this, but we actually give it out to our clients when they're onboarding. So we tell them, like, this is the site you should go to. Here's the infographics to explain what you need. But maybe tell our audience, like, what's happening as you push through the Embroker site and then what's happening on the back end? Yeah, sure. So most of the companies that will come to the site, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to onboard themselves, enter some basic information about the company, what type of business it is. And then there will be, depending on whether it's a business that, that already has insurance and is just looking for a better, more digital way to manage those policies, or if it's a company looking to buy insurance for the first time, there will be a little bit of a different experience. Uh, and so companies that, that have different insurance policies that they want a better way to keep track of, uh, they upload that and we digitize it and give them uh, some tools to understand uh, whether their coverages are correct and you know, whether oh. they're paying the right amount. Or if it's a company that's looking to buy coverage for the first time, we'll, we'll lead them through a self-serve process that basically allows them to enter the very information that we need on our end to go take that information and work with a, a number of different insurance carriers to provide policies to that company. That's really interesting. I, didn't, I always knew about the, kind of the buying process and uploading your information. I didn't know you guys had a bunch of tools that kind of – is it like a benchmarking stuff? where you? That's pretty interesting because you guys probably see a crazy number of policies and have a really good like kind of – feel for the market? Yeah, we, we do. I mean, we find actually most of the companies that join a broker actually have insurance already, and they're just looking ah, for a better way to, to deal with their existing policies. And so 
there is a number of tools that we've built out that make it easier to uh, perform, uh, like sending certificates, for example, which is something that uh, is a proof of insurance. And oftentimes when you sign a lease or a contract, you need to uh, send proof that you're insured uh, to that other party. And we've built a self-service way to do that. And so we find companies will, will switch over to us just because it's easier to manage things like that. Oh, that's fascinating. I, I always thought it was like just about purchasing it, but that's that's really amazing. So that means that's great for your business in the long term because you're probably keeping these customers for many years now. Because yeah. once they're kind of on the broker platform, there's no real reason to leave. Like you guys are managing a lot of their data for them. Yeah, we, we tried to do a great job of providing you know service, but also tools to help make it easier for them to yeah. do anything they need to do. We, we, like we're aware that people don't necessarily love insurance. And so I think <laughs> we want to make it as efficient for them as possible just to do what they need to do and do it, make sure they have the right things and then you know move on and run their business. Yeah. But you know, I think there's, you're right in that people maybe don't love insurance or in our case, maybe they don't love taxes or accounting. But when you do it well, they really, really appreciate it because they they have a pretty good feeling for how much you're reducing complexity in their life. Like, do you guys find that? Do you have like customers emailing you saying, "Oh my God, you saved me hours," and this is amazing? Yeah, it's. I think it's it's one of the things that we get a lot, which is always really. It's a great thing to hear when somebody finds out about us and they're like, "I can't, I can't believe this hasn't existed before." Yeah. Like, it's almost like I've been looking for a tool like this because I've, you know, especially people that have run businesses before. It's like I, you know, I've started or run several businesses and I've always wondered like something like this didn't exist and it, so it's great to hear that it's also like an every year thing for the business owner or the startup CEO so like the fact that you guys can I'm sure you have basically built some stuff I don't I've never been through a renewal with a broker yet yeah. but I think Vanessa has but you guys have basically built stuff that makes the renewal process super easy right because you're looking at all the data you're probably getting real-time stuff and know exactly what the market's like. You can just give them a good feel for the terms and, and yeah, push it through. Yeah, correct. We, we make the process as easy as possible for renewals, for securing new coverage. We you know, are constantly looking for new ways uh, to basically find uh, information that we can pull about a company. I think increasingly we'll have different uh, APIs into other systems that companies are using so that uh, we can be not only just make it efficient, but ideally we can be proactive uh, and say, you know, even provide recommendations around as your business grows, maybe there's uh, coverage that you should have or haven't even thought about that we can, we can just suggest. That's an awesome example because for a lot of startups, they'll do general liability. Maybe you can explain what general liability yeah. is quickly, but they do general liability to kind of get their landlord happy. And then maybe a year later, maybe they're selling to an enterprise and they start thinking about like errors and emissions or maybe DNO. Do you, do you guys have like those triggers in your system where it prompts them? Yeah, we, we do. And maybe it'd be useful if I, if I walk through kind of the basic yeah. insurance that most tech companies need. So most companies, the, the first product that they buy is, is general liability. And, and that's a policy that, that protects you from uh, any kind of third-party liability arising from just damage that could happen at your premises. Uh, and so you know, somebody slips and falls and gets hurt. And most often you need that product when you sign a lease. And so that's, that's when a lot of companies first get into needing to buy an insurance policy. They also uh, need workers' compensation. In, in California, it's mandatory as soon as you start hiring employees that you need to buy workers' compensation policies. Uh, so those are the very basics. But then beyond that, oftentimes companies need to buy uh, an errors and emissions policy when they sign a contract. And yeah. that, that basically provides coverage in case you screw up and uh, you, know, you cause damage to uh, a, the third party that, that is the one that was dependent on your services. Yeah. Uh, and then directors and officers is also a very common uh, policy that technology companies need to buy when they uh, raise uh, investment usually because it protects both the officers of the company as well as the, the members of the board for any kind of uh, assertion of financial mismanagement. 
what what stage do you see like companies buying DNO? Because we it's all over the place for us. Some Series A companies are buying it. Some wait till their Series B. Like what what are you seeing? Yeah, I'd say most typically it's after the Series A. Okay. Uh, even sometimes after the the first kind of Series seed. Yeah. Um, it's uh, but usually after the Series A. I think one of the reasons why people uh, delay purchasing actually because it's it's still a very painful process, uh, more <laughs> painful than it should be. But you know we try to streamline it as much as possible and are continuing to look for ways to do that. But it is, uh, but it's a coverage that every company should have as soon as you, you, you know, you do raise capital. Yeah, and and errors and emissions, we see that with a lot of SaaS companies who are maybe selling to like bigger enterprises, and those bigger enterprises will come back to them and say, "Hey, I want to buy your software, but you need to protect me in case something goes down or you make a huge mistake." And that's usually what gets them asking us about errors and emissions. Is that kind of accurate? Is that what you see? Yeah, that's usually what we see. Is yeah. that it's a lot of for a software company. Usually, it's when you have a vendor that that or a customer rather uh, that requires you to have a certain amount of coverage. And uh, but it, it, I mean, it's good risk management practice to have that type of coverage. And it's it's interesting. I think for for startups, really. You know the concept of risk management is a funny one because we we have so many risks just running. <laughs> you know, everything's a risk in general yeah. that it can feel extraneous to need to buy insurance. But actually, it, it is you know these type of products, even though um, they're not always the most intuitive, like they are good products. They they do provide good downside protection in yeah. certain cases, and it's 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 good risk management for every company to have them. It's just unfortunate that uh, you know the process can be painful sometimes. Yeah. What are like? If, are there a couple things you kept? You mentioned a couple times. You're like sometimes people don't buy it because it's just too hard or too. Yeah. Like, what are some of the like fundamental frictions you've taken out? Is it the forms? Like how? How? Like in your? Because you you obviously thought about this before you even started the company. You're on a board of a giant company. You yeah. know, like you had to go into this with a game plan of like these are two or three frictions I can really eliminate. Yeah. So it's it's a really good question, and I think part of that there's certainly an aspect of just digitizing information um, not only makes it easier in the sense that uh, it's great to have a web application where you can you know, input data rather than a paper form, but that's just the start of it. We think about that uh, as the role of data being once you have an ability to collect data on your company and keep it uh, stored and keep it updated, it actually can be used in a lot more of an intelligent way in order to think about, uh, okay, here's all the information about my company, my assets, the things that I have. How can I then use that to go intelligently buy coverage for, for this company? And I think that right now uh, we're at a state where we've built a lot of nice tools to help store and, and access that information. But going forward, we're you know, tremendously excited about being able to start using that data to actually deliver better policies yeah. <laughs> and get down to product creation. Yeah, it's the difference between reactive, maybe how founders were five years ago up until even now, and being proactive where they're like, I love the idea that you guys can suggest coverage triggers based on their funding levels or things like that. Like That's so smart to me because... The way it happens right now with us is we're, we are essentially reactive because we don't know if they really want it or not, and we don't know if we want to waste their time. Should we bring it up or not? And they don't know about it sometimes if they don't hear it from us. So the fact that you guys can proactively message that to yeah. them is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, our goal is that once you sign up and you give us your information, that we, it's basically we'll, we'll tell you what you need to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So I know people don't always want to spend spend time on it unless necessary. And I mean, that is that is the goal of a nice uh, software program yeah. that helps you just run your business more yeah. efficiently. Like coming from the big company and being an investor. Are there any things that really kind of surprise you about the day-to-day of running a startup? Like we were off mic, we were talking about like 
you know, growing company and the workforce and different offices and things like that? Like, what are some of the things that like, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so different from being an investor? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things. I think that one of the biggest learning experiences for me has been, I think coming from a background, uh, you know, as a private equity investor, I was used to working with people that were certainly uh, the same type of personality, the same type of background. And when there's a homogenous group like that, it can be very efficient at doing a certain task, yeah. but it has, the lack of diversity has other challenges. And you know, now managing a much larger uh, and more diverse workforce with designers and engineers and a sales team and a service team uh, and a product team, it's, everyone has these incredibly different talents and that is what makes innovation possible, but it takes, uh, a while to learn about how you develop as a manager to actually say um, leading diverse teams is an entirely different practice yeah. and it's it's extremely rewarding but it takes takes a while to actually get good at it yeah I so I used to be on the investment side too I worked at a yeah. venture lending fund and I came I joined Vanessa for me it's like it's so hard but it's also incredibly fun like it, it those interpersonal relationships and watching people grow is like what it's all about for me. You know, it doesn't actually really matter what industry or what thing I'm doing. It's just, I've, I really enjoy that aspect. I'm sure you do. I can see by the smile on your yeah. face. It's like, you obviously enjoy that. Cause it's, cause it's easy to sit in a white tower and, yeah. or Ivy tower, whatever it's called and, and pontificate about maybe mm-hmm. the insurance industry or the finance industry. But when you get into it and you start changing it, like yeah. the way you guys are yeah. making it easier for everybody, it's pretty exciting. Like you got to just wake yeah. up every day and be like, this is awesome. It is. It is. I mean, it's certainly, there's no doubt that it's, it's extremely hard. I think all building companies are hard, but I think that's what makes it rewarding. And, you know, in our case, we have a lot of the team that comes from insurance backgrounds and has spent, um, you know, a number of years at, at different insurance companies. And it, you know, that expertise is something we absolutely need to be successful in the industry. It's not stuff that we can just make up, but it's really fun to see our team work together and have the realization that, if there's something that they don't like the way it's working, that we can change it. <laughs> and it's a very different that, mentality than people come from of like, oh, this sucks. It's worked like this forever. It's super painful. But like, you know, that's, that's just the way it works. Where now we're like, okay, well, like, let's fix that. Yeah. I had that exact conversation last yeah. night with one of our team members, like, fix it. Yeah. Put a proposal together and fix it. And it's, it's so empowering. I saw his light, eyes light up and I can see your eyes yeah. lighting up. It's, that's what it's all about, at least, at least for me. It's, it's, so much more exciting and like you guys are really doing it like i don't want to like oversell but like we really use you guys we refer our business to you guys like we know you know what you're doing you make it easy for our clients you've you've Whatever your goal was when you started this company, I would say you're probably 85% of the way there. You, know, you may laugh and maybe your board members are like, well, the goal is an IPO. Yeah. So we're still, but like from a product and from a usage basis, like I yeah. can tell you, you're doing a really good job. Well, I really appreciate that. Although I probably would disagree about the percentage. I think we have, we have a long way to go. And actually some of the things that, that, that I am excited about are we, we do think that we can go even further in terms of actually developing insurance products that are better for oh. our clients and you know right now we distribute existing insurance products and there are some pain points with those products that we can't really fix because we're, we're uh, you know we need to collect a certain amount of information and we need to provide a coverage that's pro, you know somebody else is underwriting and, and giving to our clients we do a good job of uh, sorting those but I think that the road for us will be eventually finding ways that we can actually uh, make the process even better. Yeah, by, by that's st- a really interesting point. So, like, you can you're now have enough data, yes, probably especially in the startup market, and be like, oh, this is an unmet need, or that's unmet need, it's, or maybe 
everyone's paying too much for general liability or something like that. That's exactly right. We have enough data, especially with startups, that not only can we make it easier for them to get existing products, but we think we can create products that are better than anything in the market and just continue to provide value that's, that way. That's fascinating. I never didn't even think about that. That's why you started the company. So, <laughs> yeah, um, but. That, that's amazing. Are there have any other, like, maybe... I don't want to dwell on other people's misery, but any amazing stories of like people who weren't covered or, you know, cautionary tales basically for the people out there, why they should get this insurance? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of them. And I think that from a, a, a startup perspective, probably the most relevant is that, uh, I won't name names because it's, yeah, uh, name names, but <laughs> I feel like I don't want to dwell on yeah. it, but you can be going back to the fact that, uh, you know, there are a lot of risks running a startup and, and it, it can feel like buying an insurance policy seems crazy and, and not relevant, but there are things that happen that are very unfair. And if you don't have a policy to protect you, it can really, really, you know, be a huge distraction and potentially ruin your company. And an obvious one is that if you get sued for something that you didn't actually do, and so it's a completely frivolous lawsuit and somebody makes up uh, an accusation that says you did this thing. And if you don't have, for example, a DNO policy that would protect you against that, you know, you have to pay law uh, lawyers fees out of um, you know, your company's operating budget, even though you didn't do anything. And it's actually, you know, that's the type of protection that, that you need. And the litigator knows that. And yeah. the litigator spell, smells weakness. And yeah. so then they press their case a little bit more because they know they can get a settlement because you don't have deep enough pockets to fight it. That's right. It's, yeah. I've actually seen that happen a couple of times. And it's like, it's, like, it's so sad because these are terrible lawsuits out there. But the company just has to do that cost-benefit analysis and just and just settle, even though they're not in the wrong. It's no. a, it's a total bummer. It actually it bums me out. But but you're right. Like if you have that kind of coverage, the insurance company gets involved too, right? Because they have a vested interest, and yes. they're going to be you know they want to minimize the expenses. They're going to look out for you and make sure they yeah. help you in that. Fight. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, those policies are things that that you hope you never need to use, and but it is downside protection, and, and that is the good thing about uh, insurance products is that you buy them, and if you don't use them, it's probably a good thing, <laughs> and if you do use them, it's a good thing you have them. Yeah, I, I always say like insurance is the best deal for that exact reason. Like I remember in, in a personal side, my apartment burned down in 1999. And I had renter's insurance and it shaped, I was like 22 years old and it always shaped the way I thought about insurance. Cause I, I actually experienced the positive side of insurance. Didn't have to stress about anything, got everything replaced. And ever since then, I've been a huge consumer of life insurance and general liability insurance. We have professional liability insurance because we're a regulated entity. So we have a special kind of insurance that even goes beyond what our startups do. And we, Vanessa and I spend a lot of money on that because it's the smart thing to do. And it, totally reduces the stress in your life. Yeah. You probably encounter that like all the time. You're like, you hear these stories of people thanking you probably. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes it's, it's funny. We, I was thinking about this, about how obviously we work with a lot of uh, startup and technology companies, but then we work with a lot of companies from other industries that are more, um, experience purchase of insurance because it's it's a big part of if you run a, a restaurant or a hotel or a construction company it's mm -hmm. just buying insurance is a is a thing you deal with all the time not just uh, an occasion and we i think that the experience that we're providing now is something that uh, for people that are more used to it that they're almost 
sometimes more excited about it. Like, oh my God, this is amazing because yeah. uh, we've dealt with this for so long. Sometimes with technology companies, it, it's people's expectations are even higher. And that's one of the reasons why I actually, I love working with technology companies because it's meeting that higher expectation yeah. that we want to do rather than meeting uh, you know, people's already kind of low expectations for the industry. I think the industry can be a really great force for change and yeah. we, should, we should have high expectations. Also, I think startup founders are like that as your, if your client base is startup founders, this is speaking from experience, they'll have these crazy expectations, which we actually like, because yeah. it, it, it drives us to improve and continue improving. But sometimes I'm like, hey, just so you know, we're like two times better than everybody else. <laughs> and we're also cheaper, so just so you know. Because our business is funny, and we, yeah. you, you're probably yeah. like this too. Yeah. We see our competitors work, yeah. we see how, sometimes how bad it is, and we see what they're charging. We have yeah. perfect information yeah, on our market. You probably have the same yeah. thing. You're like, wow, why would they put you in this terrible yeah. insurance policy? Are you paid yeah. what for this insurance yeah. policy? So like we actually know the market way better than our, our clients most of the time. But we, we still that we don't let ourselves get fat and lazy. We sit there and go, okay, this person is obviously seeing a weakness in our processes. How can we make this better? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I think at the end of the day, we, we are, we're in a technology business, but a service business as well. And if somebody has really high expectations, like that's a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> because if you can meet them, that means you're doing a good job. And so it's a challenge, but it's something that we enjoy. And those people usually know they're like that. Yes. Like they know their personality and they know if you meet their expectations, they're going to tell a lot of people. So I'm sure you're the same way. I mean, word of mouth is incredibly powerful. We just because we've had good experiences with you, we're now referring you to our 160 clients, right? I mean, that's like really turbocharged word of mouth, and I'm sure you're experiencing that all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. Something that we we aim to uh, always meet is that, the, I mean, I'm sure many of people listening are, are founders of businesses or running a business, and, and it's no different than anything else where the best source of growth is is customer referrals always yeah. because that that's the most uh, even as a founder myself like when somebody refers uh, another service to me it's 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 always the most impactful because th there's no hidden agenda it's just yeah. it's something that made somebody's life easier and they're sharing it with you because it made their life yeah. easier that's a good that's a really good feeling well tell so you talked you touched a little yeah. bit on like the future for Embroker, but yeah. maybe just kind of give people a taste of what you guys are developing where things are going and some things to get really excited about. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we're working on a number of things that are that are pretty exciting and um, will be, I think, really step change better than, than what exists right now uh, in terms of you know focusing on insurance products and how we can do a continually better job of making them easier to buy, easier to understand, and a better value. And I think that we will go down the route of trying to actually uh, especially, you know, technology is going to be a big focus of ours next year. I think we're going to spend a lot of time working on how we can better serve uh, technology companies because I think that they are underserved in general yeah. by insurance companies and they have, uh, you know, specific needs that I think uh, we can do a better job of meeting. And one of the ways that we will try to meet them is work with different insurance carriers and work with uh, providers of capital to create brand new products uh, that or or different versions of existing products that are just easier to buy and like easier to underwrite and better value and you know have those be uh, ultimately in addition to the ease of use of the platform to actually try to really improve the financial products we're selling. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it's a huge opportunity and something that um, whenever I, sometimes I'm working with a startup company and they'll be going out for DNO insurance or something 
and we'll take it out to all the carriers and they'll reject it for all these stupid reasons. And I get almost angry. It's like, this is a good company. Yeah, Why are you rejecting like, I know. them? Yeah, you're like, I know the CEO personally. Yeah, this is not someone who's it, gonna do it, weird It's stuff. a really good yeah. risk. You know, yeah. it's like, this is crazy that, that they're, you, know, you guys are treating them like as if it's bad. And eventually we want to have the ability to, to take ownership over that process as well and use some of the data that we've collected to, to make it actually be able to provide that yeah. to our customers. It's, it has a clear um, similarity to like the peer-to-peer lending space or things like that where people got so sick of banks rejecting really good credits or people not being able to get credit at a reasonable rate that the peer-to-peer lending industry appeared out of nowhere, you know? And that seems like you're kind of on that track where you have so much data, you know who's performed and who hasn't over a couple years or five years, whatever it is, you can start underwriting this kind of stuff. And and I think you made a reference to like capital sources being out there. There's so much money kind of swirling around the world right now looking for good opportunities that if you have a great idea and you have the data set that you guys have, I'm sure you can attract that capital. Yeah, I, I think so. But I, I think that we are interested in, in moving towards that direction, but ultimately we do it only from the customer's perspective and working backwards of like, you know, what is it that our customers want? Like, what are the pain points they have right now? And how are we able to deal with it? And if we invested in you know, six months and a bunch of time and resources, what, what would be the single biggest thing that yeah. we could change to make it better? And I think if that leads us to creating some of our own products, it, it, which it may, I think that would be a good outcome. Um, because we can you know, always start from just, all right, like what's the most painful thing we haven't yet figured out? And then working from there. I was going to say that, and, and that's definitely part of your, your roadmap, but creating your own products is almost like the icing on the cake for me. Like you guys have made just the acquisition process so nice and easy. And it's, again, we, we send it to our clients, tell them to do it because it just makes everybody's life simpler. And the fact that I didn't even know that you have all these tools that are like monitoring stuff and preemptively asking them to maybe re up or they should be thinking about this policy. Like, like I said, you, you probably don't want to hear this, but you're like 85% of the way there. And, <laughs> yeah. and even if 100% is getting your own products, that's great. But like what you guys have done already yeah. is really impressive. No, I, I really appreciate that. I, I think it's something that we, we, it gives me a lot of gratitude as a founder. And you know, the team has worked really hard to get here. Yeah. And every time we work with companies that have a good experience, it's fantastic. Thing. Yeah. You, and one quick thing, you guys actually have already put a lot of resources and time into educating the, for us as startup CEOs, but there's other people yeah. who run businesses in the insurance. Yeah. I recommend people go to your website and check out like a lot. It, it's there's like infographics and things they can read PDFs that really actually explain things pretty well. Oftentimes we find ourselves just pulling the infographic off your site and sending it to people so they can visualize it. So I, I really recommend people go to your website, check it out. Yeah, that, that's great. We appreciate that. Yeah. Well, Matt, maybe kind of give the, the quick recap on Mbroker, tell everyone where they can find you and maybe give a email or a phone number people can call if they're interested. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, you can find us at embroker.com. Uh, you can sign up on the platform and start the process to either buy new lines of insurance or if you already have lines of insurance that you just think would be easier to manage them all digitally uh, and have a platform that helps you with, with any aspects of renewing or dealing with certificates or anything you need to do, you can all upload the policies onto the platform and uh, it should be a pretty simple and seamless experience. Um, and if you have uh, any questions just about insurance, you can always just reach out to us directly. There's a chat functionality built right into the platform, and so that's probably the best way to get in touch. Just just log on and start asking some questions, and we'll connect you with the right person to help answer them. I love it. M Broker, we recommend it. Cruise Consulting loves it. We send our clients to it. Check it out. And Matt, Matt Miller, thank you for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Scott, I really appreciate it. Thanks for the time. All right, man. Thanks.